0: Welcome back to the Modern Day Overthinker podcast. This is a old episode, actually, that was recorded live on Facebook that I never pulled the audio for, and uh, I've decided to do so. I recently had a good conversation with Brandon, was able to catch up with him a little bit. I was cheating on him and seeing another barber, and uh, I decided to get my haircut from him again, and uh, we go way back. Uh, he's been cutting my hair on and off for many years now. He's a great guy and very open about his mental health and his mental health journey. And, um, we were able to have a good conversation a few months back, uh, almost a year ago actually. And, uh, so I wanted to share that audio with everyone that didn't get a chance to catch the video live or on Facebook Because that's where it is right now. That's the only place it is until I put it out here. So without further ado, this is Brandon Scott and I talking about mental health and, you know, other things that are going on in our life. And his new barbershop and, uh, yeah, it's called Culture Shock Barbershop. It's located in Davenport, Iowa. So if you need a fresh haircut, check that out. Yeah, and this was a vacant bar for a long time, right? Yeah, this
1: was a bar for a very long time, and then it sat vacant for about four years, I believe. Yep. And then we got the building last year. I started renovations in April of 2020 on the building. Okay.
0: See, so yeah, I'm sure you had to gut it completely. Like uh, yeah, we uh, it was uh, Was it split like this or no? No, I mean it was it was
1: divided up. Um, like there was a kitchen. They had a an area that was a walk-in freezer and different sections of the bar and stuff like that. Okay. Um, but as far as splitting it off into making it a barbershop a salon, and then uh, there's another office space in the back. We had to put up a bunch of walls and separate stuff, and it was okay. definitely a. Uh, it was a much, much bigger project than I anticipated I was getting myself into. I, I severely underestimated how much work it was going to be.
0: Yeah, that's it's pr- pretty normal with any project like that. Yeah, I, I tend to do that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, obviously we talk about mental health on here, so... Um, I know we've had plenty of conversations about it in the past because you've been cutting my hair for, even before the shop, I was coming to see you in your parents' basement for a while. Yeah, back in Barber College in my parents' basement, the new style days. Yeah, i have been cutting you for a long time now. Yeah. So, yeah, we've talked about all kinds of stuff. Usually it's hip-hop or mental health. Those seem to be the two topics, yeah. yeah. The main topics. Yeah, um, and obviously with COVID going on, uh, you had to close for a little while, right? Yeah, I actually got shut down. It was about three months
1: that I was shut down, and I chose a complete shutdown. Uh, There's a lot of people who still kind of did the side hustle thing or had people come in through the kind of house, yeah. Person. Yeah, I mean, all respect to that, you got to do what you got to do. I just decided that. It just wasn't worth it to me. I didn't want to take the risk. I didn't want to take she the business. You could risk. lose your yeah. yeah. I just, it wasn't worth it. So yeah, I was shut down for about three months. So I spent those three months actually working on the building. Um, that makes sense, yeah. So at least I was productive during it. It obviously, it wasn't a fun time by any means being shut down for three months. But I was able to get a lot of work done. So it kind of made the best out of the bad situation with that. Yeah, but
0: There's zero income coming in. Yeah,
1: it was, uh, it was... Very unexpected. When the shutdown first started and they're saying two weeks, you're like, okay, cool. Yeah, I can That's have not two weeks. Yeah, two-week vacation, I'm cool with that. Two weeks turned into three months mm-hmm. very, very quickly. I
0: don't know if I talked about this before on any of my other episodes, but I was on vacation when, like, the first shutdown hit and I was in Hawaii. And, uh, it was ridiculous, like, uh, because... We didn't even know if we were gonna be able to leave Hawaii. And Like, obviously, like when we just got there, everything was like, um, all right, we could do what we wanted to do, and then all of a sudden, like everything just started getting shut down. We couldn't like do anything. And we had all this stuff planned, and we ended up flying back early. It was, it was tough. It was terrible. Yeah, it was Completely difficult. waste of a, like a. Like, a year planned vacation. Yeah, it
1: was, uh... It definitely a wrench in everything. It was funny. Right before COVID, it was the first time in my adult life I've ever sat down and wrote out, like, a plan. I was like, okay, this is what the next six months of my life are going to look like. Like, I'm going to do this, and then I'm <laughs> going to do this. And it was, like, two weeks after I did that, COVID hit.
0: And I was just like, okay, clearly I'm not meant to make a plan in life. Yeah, I'm not supposed gonna, to. Yeah, yeah I'm <laughs> just going to start going with the flow, and whatever happens, happens. Just keep winging it. Jeez. So uh, you've been, we've talked about this before, but you've been going to, you went back to therapy not too long ago, like, within the last couple of years, right? Yeah, I actually, I technically never quit, never going to therapy, okay. I just didn't go as often, and i would take
1: longer spells, but.
0: Consistently? Yeah, I started going to therapy back in, I think
1: it was 2012? When I first started, I was going very regularly. Like, it was like once or
0: twice a month. Um, and then so did something it, specifically happen or just like build up?
1: Uh, it was a build up. I mean, it was one of those things where growing up, I always knew that there was something wrong. But, I mean, especially growing up in the era that we grew up in, there was such a stigma attached to mental health. Like, yeah. It was just not something that you kind of wanted to be labeled as. So I just kind of hid it for a long time. When I got in high school, I mean, it was pretty obvious that there was something going on, but it was like the typical—you go to a family doctor, and the first person says, "Oh, you have ADD," get prescribed Adderall, whatever it is, and for me, it didn't really work, so I stopped taking it right away. Went to a different doctor. That doctor said that it was depression,
0: gave me antidepressants, that didn't do anything. Let me make sure. (laughs) That's hilarious. What's up, Sam? Sam's watching. <laughs> yeah, uh, he played on my baseball team, little league team. Oh no.
1: But yeah, so I mean, it was just one of those things where it was like everything just kind of started to add up, and antidepressants weren't working, and, and I just kind of got to the point where I was like, man, like these people don't know what they're talking about. I've tried stuff, this isn't working, so I kind of just swore off doctors swore off anything that happens a lot. like it didn't happen like happens it happens a lot <clears throat> yeah from the time I was probably senior in high school till about 2012 it was kind of don't talk about, about mental health, health don't think about mental health um, just ignore it yeah yeah I mean I my coping mechanism was drinking. that's just that's how I dealt with it and yeah it was one of those things where that's kind of if I was having a bad day, a bad time, bad month, whatever it was, that's kind of what I would turn to because I didn't know I didn't know how to process that without using that as a mechanism. So
0: would this be like going out drinking or drinking like at home or at level in a I mean it was honestly a little
1: bit of both. It would always start for me it would always it would start as partying. And then it would be like I would go out and have a good time and it's like, okay, cool, that was fun. We can go out another night. And then all of a sudden, one night turned into three, four nights, and then it turned into, well, we're not going to the bar tonight, but, I don't know, I just kind of want to relax and kind of take the edge off a little bit, so why not have a drink or two, and then it just kind of, for me, it just, it's it's very, very easy for it to become an issue, and so something that, about a year ago, I just completely stopped drinking, Um, just to kind of probably, some, it's not something that I'll probably, I'm not going to say I, I'm never going to not drink again in my life type of thing, but I just wanted to make sure I'm at a point that I'm able to do it responsibly, and I'm also doing it because I want to, and I want to enjoy a, a drink or enjoy myself, and <laughs> <I'm> not because <laughs> I have to, or because there's something that I'm trying to not deal with and not think about type of thing, where I used to do it in the past, So Yeah, drinking nice, is a such moment. a thing around here, it's. Well, I mean, and that's just one of the things that, like, I kind of didn't realize until I quit drinking is how much drinking does affect your mental health. As soon as I oh, stopped yeah. drinking, my mental health started to improve. As soon well, as I stopped drinking, after- I went back to therapy and I got back on my medication and all that stuff. Yeah. That's obviously a huge contributor to that. But drinking has, not drinking has improved my mental
0: health vastly. Plus when you're if you were taking your medication at any point while you're drinking, it doesn't really work to its full effect. Yeah, I did after yeah, yeah for, oh, five years yeah. when I was drinking a lot, I was on ant- I was on
1: bipolar medication while I was going through some of my biggest party days. Just looking back, it's that's obviously not a good idea to mix those combinations of medication.
0: No, you don't really know if they're working or doing anything. Or doing the opposite of what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, I yeah. Yeah, I had a similar, similar background with that, uh, with therapy and going back and in and out. And the last couple of years has been where I've gone consistently and regularly. Same therapist, same psychiatrist. Found um, a psychiatrist that wasn't, you know, just trying to push, just push meds that would actually, like, listen to me and pay attention and actually have a full session with, like, my, it seems like the other psychiatrists I've been to, are like, I'm there for, like, ten minutes, and they just make sure I have the medication that I had before, and then I leave, and that's it.
1: And that's the thing I really liked about the place that I go. I go to Dr. Cop and his big thing is it's, He obviously believes in medicine as a doctor, but he wants you to be on as little medication as you can possibly be on. um, He actually doesn't prescribe my medicine. He has someone in his office that I go to both of them in conjunction. They figure out what my dosage should be and all that type of stuff. But um, the big thing for him, and one of the biggest things that helped me, was very, very early in my therapy sessions, he kind of had me start to learn what my triggers were as far as like, if I'm going to have anxiety, he taught me how to like, I know what that feeling starts as. So like, I figured out that like it starts in my stomach. I get this really weird like tingling in my stomach. Mm -hmm. Now I know when I get that, like, oh, okay, my anxiety is about to spike. I kind of have coping mechanisms and know what to do to be able to kind of control that Mm -hmm. to where... I don't let it get to a full fledged panic attack where I have to reach for a Xanax type of thing. Yeah. Um, like I used to do. I used to have a Xanax and I had a prescription for it. And I just kind of use it as a crutch. It's just like there's no point in really figuring out what's causing your anxiety if you've got something that you can take as yeah. soon as you feel anxiety type of thing. So that was a big thing for me was just kind of turning inward and realizing, like, oh, okay, when I start to feel like this, this is what's happening and this is what's going to come of it. And you can kind of like, if you're in a high-stress situation, you can feel that. Step out for a second. Kind of center yourself. Realign, and then kind of go back. And you're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. It's going to be situations that you handle perfectly, and there's going to be other times that you just let it go to a full-fledged panic attack. And It's just one of those things where, to me, it's learning to kind of let it go and kind of forgive yourself for some of the stuff that you have mm-hmm. I used to be really i still am really really hard on myself but like if you're having a bad mental health day like beating yourself up over it as if you did something to cause that instead of just understanding that like yo i got a chemical imbalance in my brain and like yeah, this is just it. kind of this is what i was dealt and you make the best of it like there definitely is a lot of negatives that come with mental illness, but, like, I fully don't believe I'd be the person I am today if I didn't have bipolar disorder. Like, yeah, a lot of, like, the creativity that people see and stuff that, like, I mean, like, the barbershop, people ask like, how I came up with the concept of all, like, the neons and all the colors and all that type of stuff, and, like, those are manic episodes. Like, those are when I get super creative. I have these, like that's when I can kind of create all of the stuff. And I've learned over the years how to kind of manage my manic episodes and use it to my benefit where it's like, I can feel it coming on and it's like, okay, cool. Today, I can feel that this is gonna be a day where I'm gonna be very creative and very manic. And now that I've worked for myself, I can kind of put myself in a position that like, I can kind of shift my day around to get stuff done on those days if I need to get stuff done on those days. Um, but it's just one of those things where I feel like learning yourself and learning how your mind works and all that type of stuff is a huge, huge key to understanding your mental health and being able to live with it on a daily basis.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And also the the culture shock name obviously has something behind it. I don't even know if everyone knows about that because I remember hearing about you know when you first went to barber school and uh, yeah, it's down I
1: mean, I south, did, right? Yeah. I uh, started Barber College actually down in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, and it's just very ironic that I started it down in what people consider to be the country music capital of the world. But yeah, the part of Nashville that I was in is definitely not considered the country music capital of the world. Yeah. Um, it's more I'm like Cashville, like Young yeah, Buck. I, I was in a very, yeah. very, very rough, rough spot on Nash- in Nashville. Yeah, um, But... It's an experience that I wouldn't take back for anything because I was the only white kid who ever went to that barber college. So being put in that situation where it's your I mean, I was a minority in that entire neighborhood. Like you go anywhere and I was one of the only white people in the entire neighborhood. So it's one of those things where you kind of start to see things from the other side. Mm -hmm. And like there, I mean, it was my literally think it was my first day cutting in barber college i was in nashville and we kind of just had it on a system of like next up type of thing and a guy walked in and uh, they were like hey you're going to him and the guy pointed to me and he was like nah i ain't letting a white boy cut yeah yeah and it was like i just like stood there at first and like i didn't know how to react because obviously that's never happened to me in my life yeah so like i just kind of like froze up and just like stood there The owner came over and like I forget what he even said but he took kind of he kind of stepped in and took care of the situation um but I remember the owner's son he actually became one of my good friends Jerome pulled me aside after that and was just kind of like hey man like that's gonna happen Mm -hmm. and you just have to like stick up for yourself in those situations and you have to be assertive and you have to understand that like hey I have the skill level to be able to do these haircuts and so being able to kind of Be in that situation where it's like, I've had someone tell me like, hey, you're white, you're not going to cut my hair. Most white people have never had an experience in their life where someone tells them no because of the color of their skin type of thing. So just having, and then growing up the way I grew up where, I mean, by no means did I come from like a rich family, but I didn't need for anything in life. Like There was stuff I wanted, obviously, growing up as a kid that I didn't get, but anything that I needed, I had taken care of. So to go from that to... A neighborhood where it wasn't like that for anyone in that neighborhood type of thing um, it just kind of shifted my whole view on the world and how I viewed everything type of thing um, and then I was driving to work one day um, listening to an album that I've listened to hundreds of times Childish Gambino Camp yeah and just sitting there listening to it. it was actually on my birthday and I remember I was driving the New Style when I worked there at the time. And listening to a song I've heard a bunch of times. And Charles Gambino says in it, Culture shock at barbershops because I ain't good enough. We all look the same to the cops, ain't that good enough. And it was just something about that line that day while I was driving. Just like hit me. And it was kind of like, you know, this is, this is what I need to do. Because the whole concept behind the barbershop is I'm trying to put like an old school twist or a new school twist on an old school barbershop. So, yeah, like, there's no TVs in here. It's just music. I want to kind of take it back to where people can come in and have a conversation. It's like, there's so many distractions in life, and you go anywhere. I mean, you go to get an oil change now, or a doctor, and there's a TV in the waiting room, so you can kind of just get distracted, or if not, you're your going to be buried in your phone. And it's one of those things where it's like... Man, I have 40-minute time slots. If you can't come in and get a haircut and have a conversation and interact with another human being on a non-social media level for 40 minutes, I don't know what to tell you, but this isn't it. Like, I want to be able to have those conversations and Mm -hmm. have the tough conversations on race and politics and mental health and all that stuff. Not in a social media forum, because those typically, it just never goes well. You Anytime you state your opinion on anything like that in social media, it's just never going to go well. That's why I refuse to have any of those conversations in a comment section, anything like that. Yeah, I've stopped myself from doing that a lot lately. I mean, especially for me being in a position like I'm in, I mean, it's very, very easy. If you want to talk to me about something, you can come get a haircut and Mm -hmm. talk to me about whatever you want to talk about. You know, I have no problem with that, but... I just, the social media stuff is just, I mean, I strictly use it for the barbershop stuff, and that's about it nowadays.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I've mainly been on it for like family and yeah, the stuff I'm doing here. That's basically about it. I'm in a couple Facebook groups. Like, there's a group I joined for like people with OCD, which I find helpful. Just another outlet to let you know, let me know that I'm not alone, you know, stuff like that. And I, you know, see people posting there, and I can comment about my experience and things like that. Because, yeah, OCD is a tricky one too, and a lot of people really fully understand it. Well, I mean, and that's that's one of the
1: reasons that I've decided to be as vocal as I've been about my. Because bipolar people don't really. Well, bipolar I feel like is one of the most, most. on that. Too. Too. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, and it's. It's funny, because, like, there's a lot of people who get, I mean, obviously, everyone knows in 2021, everyone just gets offended by everything nowadays, but, like, there's people that get offended all the time, because, like, you'll you'll hear people talk about, like, oh, that person's so bipolar, and, like, they're obviously not, they're just saying that, Yeah. and it's like, I've never taken offense to that, but 90% 90 of the time when people are saying that type of thing... The behavior that that person's displaying is 100% not bipolar. So it's just like, you're just feeding that stereotype of it. And so, it's one of those things where that's kind of why I've decided to be as vocal as I have been since... Part of it was because I didn't really, like... Growing up, it's not like I had anyone that, like... I could kind of look up to or look out to and be like, yo, this person struggles because everyone kind of hit it. So it was one of those things where it's like, okay, like... I decided, like I'm, gonna be a, like, I'm a business owner, that type of thing. It's like, hey, like, I kind of have a little bit of a platform. You don't you know, have to worry about something. somebody firing you for saying something. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't have to really worry about anything. I kind of have myself pretty insulated. So, it's... I decided it's something like that. But, like, the other aspect that, like, I try to talk about it is, like... There's a lot of misconceptions about mental health as well that I'm trying to, like talk about to like try to get people to understand that like mental health is a very 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 serious thing and it's something that needs to be taken serious but there's also people that use it to their advantage we've talked we talked about Um, that last time yeah yeah and it's just like it's one of those things where it's just like a it's such a fine line because i love that people are talking about it now like it's awesome that it's getting as much attention as as it's getting because it definitely needs to But it's one of those things where it's just like, every single person is like, oh, I was sad today, I'm depressed. And it's like, that's not like, at least for me and everyone's different. Depression is not sadness for me. Like, I I also understand that I'm high functioning as far as like, there's a lot of people who mental health is crippling to them and like, I feel for those people. I happen to be just high functioning. Like, I struggle every day and I just kind of have learned how to
0: How to internalize it it. and just kind of
1: understand that like especially when you run a small business you don't I don't I don't have a choice like for the last three years I didn't have employees so it's like if something needed to get done at the shop it was me or it didn't get done so you just kind of I mean and a lot of them are unhealthy coping mechanisms but you just kind of learn coping mechanisms to get yourself to be able to get through the day type of thing but um, yeah so it's just trying to be open about it and erase some of the stigmas that I feel like are there that shouldn't be there. And then also kind of to get people to open up about it because it's not something like I've had too many friends that are too many people that I know that have committed suicide and stuff. And it's like all that, I mean, so much of that could have been solved if they would have just been willing to be open and, and talk. And so that's one of those things why when I go to therapy, I'll post a picture of the door of me walking into Genesis or something like that. And it's like, it's just one of those things where I just, there's been so many times that I've posted something like that or back in the day, I've I've been so busy, I haven't really had time to do much, but I used to write a blog all the time and it was just kind of like a mental health struggle type of thing. And the amount of messages I got from people that were just kind of like, hey, like, I'm, I've been struggling with this too, but it's nice to know that I'm not alone or yeah. like, all that type of stuff. It's just, like, that's what makes it to where it's like, okay, I, I want to keep doing this and I want to keep being vocal because it's like, obviously, you do get some backlash here and there. Yeah, like you do get people that are kind of like, yo, know, like, why are you doing this? Why are you talking about this? Like, it's a personal issue. You should keep that to yourself. Yeah. yeah. And it's just one of those things where I don't really feel, I mean, there are aspects of my mental illness that I do keep to myself, obviously. But yeah. overall, I do feel like it's one of those things where it's like, I'm in a position that like I can talk about it and I can get some people to listen. I mean, a lot of my conversations throughout the day with my clients end up on mental health just because that's something that I enjoy talking about because it's something that as soon as I found out I had a mental illness... I started to kind of dive into psychology to try to understand, like, okay, why am I like this? What makes my brain work this way? So anytime I can have a conversation
0: based off of that, I'm all in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way about uh, with, when it comes to mental illness, mental illness with, with addiction, with recovery, like me, I post about, I don't do it a lot, but, like, usually... I, around like milestones like if I hit another year I post about you know being clean still and you know um I've had some feedback in the background like nobody said it to me directly they're just like they think that I'm just like think I'm better than everybody that because I got clean or
1: um stuff
0: like that it's like no I'm just showing you that this is possible and that I can that I did it, and then I'm proud of myself. I can. It's like a humble brag kind of thing too. At the same time, I'm not gonna lie and say I'm not like proud of myself. But also, I don't just share that for me. I share that because each time I've done that, somebody's reached out to me, like you were saying, and said, like, "Oh man, I'm really struggling with, you know, whatever this substance or these substances or whatever, and I just can't stop." And just like, and I talk to them. and I tell them, you know, what I did, what worked for me. It may not work for them. I'll give them other options. And you don't have to do everything that I did.
1: Well, yeah, and that's um, one of the biggest things that I've learned is that you have to find out what works best for you when it comes to mental health or it comes to not drinking, whatever it may yeah. be. Like, when I decided to stop drinking, I just decided I just quit drinking. Like, yeah. it's not – my issue isn't – like I can easily go out to a bar and not drink. I can go to a party and not drink. It's once I decide to start, then I don't typically stop. So, the deciding to not start is an easy thing for me. Like, it's not difficult for me to not drink. It's just, if I do have that first time that I'm like, oh, I'll just let myself have a couple this weekend. Then it turns into like, oh, that was a fun time. Let me do that again. And so, yeah, but obviously that doesn't work for everyone. Some people need to go to classes and some people need to do all that stuff, but the biggest thing for me is just to kind of like talk to people and figure out what other people do and kind of figure out what works for you like even my therapist like I'll go to my therapist and my therapist will give me like hey you should do this and you should do this and I try it but a lot of times I'll kind of tweak stuff and be like hey this is what worked for me and yeah thankfully I have a therapist that's really really good and like if I go to him and Kind of talk about some stuff that I've been researching and stuff like that. Yeah. they'll actually look into it. Like yeah, the, exactly. I go to um, I do isolation uh, tanks, like sensory deprivation stuff, all the time. Yep, super relaxing for me.
0: I've done it once. I want to do it again, but yeah, I don't. I go
1: things. I go frequently. Yeah, at some point Give I'm gonna pass. put one. Give a pass. yeah, actually. Okay. You and at some pass. point I'm gonna put one in my basement, but um, for me it's the only thing that can get me a hundred percent relaxed. But I was talking to him about it, and he had never really... He had heard people mention it, but he had never really, like, yeah. seen much into it. He actually went and did it, just to kind of, like, understand what it was. And yeah. so, like, to have a therapist that, like, this dude's been to school for 16 years, and, like, I had dropped out of college twice and like, cut hair type of thing. And for me to be able to go in there and be like, hey, man, like, I've been researching this, and I've tried this, and this is helpful to me, he went out and kind of tried it and was like, yeah, man, like, he, like... He pretty much said that, like, he can reach what I get in that through meditation at his house type of thing. But he can understand that, like, someone like me who I get distracted by, any noise, anything like that, to go into a room that's all dark with no sound, that's what I need to fully be able to, like, kind of zone in. um, I typically use it as a, like, when I've got something going on and I need to kind of, like, sort through stuff. I'll go to the sensory deprivation tank because it's the only time that you can't run from your thoughts. So, like, you're in a room that's dark, no sound, no anything. You don't have a phone where it's like... Yeah, it's just you. Yeah, you're sitting there at night and you start to think about stuff you don't want to think about. It's easy to just grab your phone, open up Facebook, start scrolling, and, like, next thing you know, you're watching YouTube videos of animals attacking things and you're just like, okay, cool. I avoided that situation. Yeah. But the older I've gotten and the wiser I've gotten, I've realized that, like, that's not a good idea. So a lot of the times it's like I know this is not going to be the most fun process in the world, but it's something that's a necessary thing that I need to do and so you just kind of go and you sort through the stuff and you face the stuff that you don't really want to face, but it I mean I've pretty much the last year ever since covid hit, I kind of like decided like okay, this is going to be my kind of like reset time because I just I always have myself so busy between working and then I was renovating a house, got my house done, started renovating this, and before that it was the old barbershop. Yeah. So I just kind of never allowed myself time to just like relax and work on myself. So when I was forced to shut down, it was kind of like, okay, now's the time. And I faced a lot of the demons that, I mean, I had been off medication for a couple years and I kind of realized during the quarantine when I was isolated and off medicine and not talking to anyone and all that type of stuff of like, you know, I'm isolated because I've isolated myself and I've isolated myself because I haven't been on medication. And so it was kind of a lot of reality checks and a lot of figuring out like, okay, I need to get back on my medicine and I need to start doing the stuff to get my mental health back to where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. So in a way, like obviously COVID sucked. Like, but in a way it was it was what I needed. Like being forced to shut down and being forced to kind of slow down just kind of made me reprioritize my life and understand that like mental health needs to be one of my top priorities or everything around me is going to crumble. Yep.
0: Okay. Sugar. Just making sure we're still alive. There's the mirror if you want to
1: check it out. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah, it looks good. I okay, good right there? Yeah.
0: Cool. Just getting yeah, stuff cleaned up. All right. I'm trying to think of uh, anything else you want to bring up at all? Um, I mean, I
1: just, like I said, just kind of stress on the importance of being open. Um, even if like, I fully understand that like there are a lot of people who don't like to be publicly open about stuff like that and I'm not saying that like everyone needs to go online and post about their mental health like I do all the time or go on a podcast and start talking about mental health stuff but reach out to someone whether it's your mom or a friend or a family member reach out to someone and have someone be there that knows kind of what's going on. For a long time, I kind of, I would piece information. So like, I would tell like one person something and another person something. That way no one knew everything about me. I'm just a very private person and for some reason it just kind of, that's just, I felt safe that way. But when you do that, no one really fully knows what you're going through because you're only telling certain people certain things. And so, that's kind of something within the last year that I've realized is that like, I need to start being more open and open with one person and let one person know everything that's happening. That way, you kind of have that person that you can reach out to and they understand what's happening. But for a long time, I kind of compartmentalized everything to the point that it's just, that's not a healthy way to live. Yeah.
0: I agree. Yeah, so now everyone's going to be coming in the shop just t- telling you about their problems Thomas. So. I know. Well, I wanted
1: to go to school for, to be a psychologist, and then I found out you had to go to school for 12 years, so I dropped out for a second time <laughs> and decided to become a barber. People it's the closest to thing me, to it. Yeah. Exactly. People listen to me for some reason. I'm not quite sure why. I can't really they take can't my really own get advice, the, They can't get up. You no, know? Exactly. They're stuck here for 40 <laughs> minutes. They
0: have to listen to me. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I appreciate you being on. Not a problem, man. Appreciate Appreciate you coming in. Appreciate the haircut as well. I didn't realize I was getting my haircut, so. That's what I do. Gotta make you look fresh. All right, man.